Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. Indeed, this is the Political Party Pooper Playbook. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Matt Jordan, your host. Today we're talking about Biden's crimes, plus chapters 8 and 9 of the book. Uh, There's text below the audio line. We've known all of this for years now, and yet we pretend. In his 2018 book, Secret Empires, Peter Schweitzer laid out methods political whores use to enrich themselves the way we've seen Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, the Clintons, and the Obamas do it. The Bidens have as well, but that's all coming unraveled because Joe and Hunter are dumber than a bag of hammers. One of the methods all these low-rent scummers use to make money is creating offshore accounts and sending their adult kids out to collect on shakedowns. Just one of the scams Joe and the crackhead were using was promising or withholding funds already authorized by our government to go to foreign entities until certain favors were provided by those entities. The most interesting of these was done in the full light of day, and again, because Joe is laughably stupid. Here's how the shakedown worked. The U.S. had designated $1 billion for Ukraine loan guarantees. What the money was for, I have no idea. Maybe some green energy scams. But as point man for Ukraine, in the corrupt Obama regime, Joe had already gotten the crackhead a no-show job paying $50,000 per month. Some reports say it's as high as $80,000. The company's name was Burisma. It was cozy with Moscow and quite dirty. A prosecutor was sniffing around Burisma, questioning what appeared to be criminal-level corruption. This is where we find out why they paid an idiot $50,000 a month to not show up for work. They cashed in on that influence they bought by having Joe threaten to withhold U.S. government's money from Ukraine, from the government, until they fired the prosecutor that was making the crackhead's new owners uncomfortable. Burisma had already taken a page out of the American Democratic Party playbook by calling the guy investigating their naked corruption corrupt. Our pair of happy imbeciles might have gotten away clean with the whole affair, except for Joe's Achilles heel, or should I say Achilles mouth. Throughout his life, Joe Duh has constantly said the most stupid and or dishonest things. He also tends to say the quiet part out loud. This is because, risking redundancy, he is stupid and dishonest. No joke. You want to have a push-up contest? After servicing his Ukrainian bribes, Joe Dub bragged about it at a press gaggle. But don't take my word for it. Listen to him in the video below. The millions from this bit of international ass-licking 
along with all other scams by Joe and the Crackhead, have been clearly laundered through offshore accounts, and then, a little too directly, there's a footnote, put into the accounts of the Biden family. And then came the phone call. By the time Trump took office, it was apparent to anyone with half a brain cell that the Bidens were dirty. 150 suspicious activity reports, SARS, in the crackhead's financial transactions, and the idiotic monologue in the video above, told the Trump administration that Biden used the threat concerning official funding for a dirty favor from a foreign government. Trump's subsequent phone conversation with the newly elected Zelensky was actually, as Trump has repeatedly stated, perfect. He also called it beautiful. I'd say that was a subjective assertion. Never true when Trump is actually talking. And it wasn't perfect due to any rhetorical flair that Donald might have demonstrated. I'm rolling my eyes right now. It was perfect for two reasons. First, the administration smelled a rat, and correctly so. They wanted it investigated. Secondly, when Trump said his AG would interface with the Ukrainian government on any points of American interest, he fit his request neatly into the letter of the law. This would have been a perfectly legitimate investigation into the Biden family's criminal conduct. The investigation on the Ukrainian side never took place. No surprise. Zelensky is an example of life following art. He truly is the lovable oaf he portrayed in a comedy about a nice teacher bumbling into the presidency. The series is called Servant of the People. It stars Zelensky, and it is funny. You might still be able to catch it on Netflix. But the corrupt core of the Ukrainian bureaucracy is alive and well. Zelensky doesn't control them. It's likely quite the opposite. They are almost as corrupt as our Democratic Party. Almost. On our side, our oaf correctly read what he saw in Ukraine. And his political enemies, instead of throwing Joe Duh and the crackhead under a bus, impeached the Donald for a legit phone call, which indeed turned out to be pretty damned perfect. But here's the best part. Along with everything else the Dems have made up about Trump over the last seven years, this is just all you being conned, played for chumps over and over again. It's all at Trump's personal expense, but you are the target of all the scams. You are the mark every time. And absolutely everything they've thrown at Trump has been the Democrat modus operandi for decades. Vanishingly little of what they say about Trump and charge him with is provable in court. But they do all the same things as a matter of course every day, and in clear view of you, the mark, the schmuck. The rioting, the scut-mouth politics, the corruption, the destruction of evidence, the lying, the censorship, all of it are what Dems do all day, every day. And speaking of the orange man, do keep in mind that there is a little likelihood 
that he'll ever do time for anything. It's highly unlikely he'll ever be found guilty of 99% of what he's been charged with. Of the few potentially legitimate charges surrounding the document fiasco, Trump's primary legal maneuvers should center on equal treatment motions. First, under FOIA, they should sue for every page of documents lifted by B.J. Bill, Bush 41 and 43, B. Hussein, and Joe Duh to be used as part of their defense. They should file continuances until these documents can be compared to what the Donald stands charged with. Naturally, all lawyers will have to be read into the programs associated with these documents. At last count, there were something like 4,000 documents Biden had stashed all over the Central Atlantic region. Some tapes B.J. Bill had, and who knows with the Bushes. And there were over 30 million documents under Barry O. But actual trials and guilty verdicts are not what this shit show is all about. From Russia, 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 right up through January 6th, the pursuit is pure politics. If you don't have a valid argument for anything, you do what the Dems have been doing since the 2000 election. If you're a pet owner, you know that taking care of those little poop machines can be expensive. Between vet bills, food and supplies, and costs add up quickly. That's where 1-800-PET-MEDS comes in, the ultimate online destination for pet medications and supplies at affordable prices. PetMeds offers a huge selection of pet medications, including flea and tick medications, heartworm preventatives, and prescription medications. All their products are from trusted, top-quality brands, so you can be sure you're getting the best for your pet. But that's not all. 1-800-PET-MEDS offers a wide selection of pet supplies, including food, toys, and grooming products. They even have a selection of prescription diets for pets with specific health conditions. And they offer free shipping for orders over $49, so why wait? Visit their website today. I'll leave a link below the audio line and start saving on your pet's health care needs. Let's talk about RFK Jr. Denying RFK Jr. security. Is it party fratricide or political cannibalism? Hard to say. It seems I go to bed every night thinking the Dem ruling class couldn't be more corrupt or idiotic than they are right now. Then every morning they prove me wrong. Of course they can. There's too much stupidity associated with denying Robert Kennedy a security detail. Or so it would appear. The weaponized DHS has the call on who is a major candidate and should get protection. There's no hard and fast requirements. It's a judgment call. And they are clearly not using sound judgment or honest judgment in this case. While RFK Jr. is not presently a numerical threat to Joe Duh, it cannot be reasonably said that he's not generating great interest. His policy observation and treatment at the hands of fellow Democrats demonstrate how frightened they are of him. 
It's an even money bet the party will throw Joe and the cackling idiot under the bus very soon. If that happens, who will replace them? Moochell? Glamorous Gavin Newsom? Not without a fight. And Kennedy is much better liked than the other two are right now. Since he is the only Dem on the national scene right now talking sense, he is a major threat. And it's not to Joe Duh. The regime doesn't care about Joe. He has no power. RFK Jr. is a threat to everything I've been describing here. With him as president, the left would have to abandon stupidity as their central tenet and embrace some semblance of reason. That they may not be capable of doing. So, they do the most capricious and idiotic thing you'd expect at this point. Instead of going all, quote, magnanimous and appearing to patronize the lesser candidate, which would have been a smart move, they go for an appearance that says they want something bad to happen to Kennedy. If the man's name was anything but Kennedy, they'd avoid that appearance, but it is. And everyone knows there's an army of copycat Looney Tunes out there who'd love to make headlines and see themselves as legends. Has the party of Truman really strayed that far from ethics and common sense? Do they really want to see the worst happen? Thanks to the actions of the DHS and rest assured at the instruction of the White House, these questions are valid. Okay, a couple of notes before we move on to the book. Uh, the book footnotes come before the article footnotes in the text below the audio line. And remember, this book is written for both candidates and voters, but the specific advice is for candidates to use to gain ground. One of the most direct ways the P4B is supported is through Poe River Furniture and Yard Games. I won't get too specific about who runs Poe River, but he's really good looking and his initials are Matt Jordan. There are a number of one-of-a-kind pieces that I created, including very nice wine stoppers and what I call recycled palette art. There's also a huge selection of gifts that I designed and had made off-site. Occasionally, you will see yard games listed. That will depend on how often this podcast allows me to be in the shop. I'll leave a link or a button below so you can shop Poe River. Street Politics, It Ain't Your Daddy's GOP Anymore by Matt Jordan, copyright 2015. Formerly 16-2024, A Path to Consistent Conservative Victory. All rights reserved. Chapter 8, and the hits just keep on coming. The only thing that saves us from the bureaucracy is its inefficiency. That was Eugene McCarthy. Bureaucracy is a giant mechanism operated by pygmies. That's from Honoré de Balzac. We seem to train our unemployed the way we train Syrian rebels. Maybe worse. Do you know the federal government spends $18 billion per year on 47 different job training programs? 
Did you know that almost all of these programs, according to the Government Accountability Office, overlap each other in terms of function and purpose? Did you know with all but a few, there are no methods of telling if they resulted in even one person trained or one job acquired? Did you know the ones with a matrix to measure success haven't been tested in years? Did you know Obama, king of crony kingpins, proposed yet a new job training program in February of this year? Similarly, we'll soon know how foreign policy is a reflection of domestic policy. We've been running training programs for Syrian rebels with a goal of fielding thousands this year. In a year and a half, we've trained 60. So here's a suggestion. Kill all the job training programs. They're big holes we piss American taxpayer money into. When the opposition demands a compromise, offer to have only one program. That program must have measurable results, reported quarterly, and must result each year in total incomes to participants in the aggregate larger than the job training program's annual budget. If they have a problem with those requirements, tell them what Cheney told Leahy. There's a footnote. I'll reiterate the subsidies thing. Earlier I said we should do away with all subsidies. They are a waste of your money and rarely, if ever, accomplish what they intended to accomplish. Business subsidies are the most egregious. In many cases, like farm subsidies, they go to giants in their industries who are doing quite nicely without them, thank you very much. Sometimes to defend them, we're told that we'd pay more to do business without the subsidy from Uncle Stupid. This is a fallacy. For example, instead of buying our sugar outright at market value, we pay our taxes. Some of that money goes to the sugar industry, and I make up the difference when I buy sugar. What is left out of the explanation is the cut the government takes for brokering this worthless deal. All the government does is create an uninvited middleman to be paid, and federal employee paychecks are pretty posh. If the industry were left to fend for itself, we would decide how much sugar we want. If we find the price is too high, we'd cut back on our sugar or suffer. Prices would go up or down based on our decision to consume it. Now consider the billions of transactions occurring in this country every day. Is anyone reading this book naive enough to think that a gaggle of D.C. bureaucrats are capable of making policy to control the amplitude of each transaction to the benefit of the collective? If you think that can be done without simply making a mess, slap yourself hard across the face right now. All subsidies are a sop for one friend of a politician or another. Even the most high-minded efforts have results ranging from nothing on the harmless end, there are few of those, to driving costs through the roof Mortgage subsidies, education subsidies, college and K-12, through corn subsidies, you name it. Show me a business or private activity that government has put a finger to that didn't turn into a three-ring circle jerk. 
Use your imagination. The list of things that could be done away with is a target-rich environment for a good statesman. If Congress made it their mission to do away with 300 laws per year that serve no purpose or negatively disrupted programs they were supposed to help, they would be thousands of years at the job. That is not a joke. Whether you're dealing in cash subsidies or, quote, help in the form of regulation. Make a headline this week. Pick a target, preferably one larger than $50 billion, and say, I will take a meat cleaver to the XYZ program. And then in 100 words or less, explain why. If the press has loose stools and prints banner headlines about your heartlessness, your poll numbers will go up. If the press has a moment of honesty and recognizes your understanding of how things really work, your poll numbers will go up. But as a good statesman in any post, your cuts have to be of value to the citizens and followed up on in office. Chapter 9 on Global Warming <laughs> Here we go. Quote, I'm not a global warming believer. I'm not a global warming denier. I'm a global warming agnostic who believes instinctively that it can't be very good to pump a lots of CO2 into the atmosphere, but is equally convinced that those who presume to know exactly where that leads are talking through their hats. That's a quote from Charles Krathammer. It's from his book, Things That Matter, Three Decades of Passions, Pastimes, and Politics. Here's another quote. There's nothing more anti-scientific than the very idea that science is settled, static, impervious to challenge. Also from Charles Krauthammer. I dedicate this chapter to Greta Thunberg and the rest of our younger generation who've had their skulls pumped full of climate nonsense for three decades now. Not since Scientology has a scam of this magnitude been foisted on the world. I speak not of the theory that is a little understood and inconsistent phenomenon at best. Still, there might be some there there. For many, global warming has the ring of social issue, one of the phony issues we should disengage from. It's easy to make that mistake considering all the propaganda surrounding it generated by emotionalists and alarmists. But if you consider the economic damage that would be inflicted by the daisies in the sidewalk approach the left seems to favor, this becomes an economic issue of the first magnitude. Their response to what could be expected, not occurring yet, why just destroy the energy sector and replace sound power with wind and solar power? then send billions and over time trillions to other countries so they can develop clean energy alternatives. I will spare you the diatribe and let you read the details in a possible upcoming book about energy and economics. But I will state simply that this money will not be used in these countries to build wind farms. They have other more pressing problems, as do we. They're also quite corrupt. The scientists chiefly credited with the global warming climate change theory used two different statistical methods concurrently to achieve the now discredited hockey stick graph. 
Using the same methods in that manner, you can make your birthday arrive earlier and earlier each year. But take away the hockey stick and you still have a gradual warming trend. Many contend that that trend has been in place since the Ice Age. I am one of them. That's reasonable. But others say we're creating an envelope of gases that are causing the atmosphere to warm faster. There may be some truth in this as well. I've never heard anyone address the fact that, with or without these gases, we are warming our atmosphere directly and radically simply by running everything. Have you ever wondered why, when seeing the day's weather report, temperatures in cities, even small ones, are several degrees warmer than outside the cities? Is it a bubble of carbon dioxide floating above the city causing this? Of course not. This is the result of mechanically generated heat from cars, trucks, buses, generators, pumps, computers, AC exhausts, ovens, stoves, etc. Hundreds of thousands of these sources per city. Add to that the concentration of humans. If you don't think that's an important heat source, count the number of times an empty room calls for an air conditioner to come on. Then send five people into that room for the day and see how many times it kicks on. As our cities have grown, the temperatures in these locations have gone up. The last two paragraphs are by far more settled science than anything offered by the global warming climate change alarmists ever. None of the predictions made in the last two decades have come to pass. The excuses offered for not seeing the disasters we were told were coming are many. Some may even be true, but this is unknowable. Let's get serious. All that said, one can neither confirm nor deny GWCC as a man-made emergency with the least certainty. Both sides have difficult arguments because clear conclusions cannot be drawn. We don't even know what the optimum temperature of the planet is. We don't know if we're moving toward it or away from it. The hurricanes generated in the tropics from Africa to America will be few this year because voila, there's that French word again, the waters in that region are colder than expected. There are comments you can make as a candidate addressing this issue. So far, there is too little data to go on before committing trillions of dollars to developing countries. Just saying man-made global warming caused Superstorm Sandy doesn't make it so, and it's not justification for the economic hardship suggested. If the science does become less murky and emotionally charged, there's no sense in the U.S. raping its own economy if Russia, India, and China do not go along at the same time. The U.S. has made unbelievable strides since the 1970s cleaning our air and water. That will continue because people have discovered that clean and efficient is more profitable. Let the East, Russia, and Africa catch up. People who say they can predict a 0.6 degree change in temperatures decades from now, as Obama is claiming, if we all switch to wind-powered washing machines and solar-powered toothbrushes, are liars. 
Note again, no one saw the cold water in the tropics coming. Claims that global warming is the greatest national security threat of our time are the most cynical and insidious of all the lies told on the subject to date. They are also the stupidest. This should pretty much put Martin O'Malley on Loser Street where he belongs. The global warming propagandists will lose their minds hearing this. Good. Their shrill cry will get you mileage. More important, the average level-headed American will respond positively to an honest, responsible message about a subject that has often been handled with great irresponsibility. I mentioned footnotes earlier, and there are a few. But uh, one in particular I want to pull forward regarding Martin O'Malley. Who among us even remembers that he ran for president at this point? But he did. Uh, the footnote reads uh, on O'Malley, the footnote reads as following. Inside of a week, Martin O'Malley marked himself as one of the stupidest people ever to run for president. This is quite a challenge since he has Gore, Biden, and Mondale for company. First, O'Malley apologized for saying that all lives matter as opposed to saying only black lives matter. Then he blamed the rise of ISIS on global warming and climate change. That's from an article, U.S. Bases Eyed as Green Job Incubators by Aaron Klein, 21 July 2015. And James Woods rips into 100% numbskull Martin O'Malley by Cheryl Chumley. Also, WND.com, 20 July 2015. A little tip for voters. Both Emperor Obama and Empress Rodham have both said GWCC is a major threat to national security. Anyone who says these things should not get to play president on a sitcom, much less be elected president. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.